Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life. Want great new sci-fi and fantasy recommendations, but overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading likes and dislikes and what you're looking for, and then sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat yourself and support an indie too. And TBR is also available as a gift. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 87, and we are recording on September 3rd. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with a very special guest, former rioter, author, and Desi Geek Girls co-host, Preeti Chabur. Hello! I'm doing jazz hands. <laughs> Yay! Welcome back! Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, But before we talk about why we're so excited to talk to each other, will you tell the good people about all of your many books that are out now? Because you have like 14 books coming out this year. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So um, I had this is it's I feel like my brain is like leaking out of my ears, (laughs) but uh earlier in august i had a book call come out called uh marvel's avengers assembly book one the title is orientation um, marvel's avengers assembly is the name of the series and uh that one is a middle grade book like kind of journals and comics and all sorts of things and it's kamala khan miles morales and dorian green so ms marvel spider-man and squirrel girl uh, on an adventure in what is like an after-school program for for young superheroes. Amazing! Um, it's super fun. It's it's. I wrote a lot of jokes for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just last week, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars: Stories of Light and Dark, which is an anthology. Um, retelling episodes of the clone wars came out and i have a short story about anakin skywalker who is my favorite disaster trash jedi i love him a lot uh and then forthcoming october 6th i have a picture book coming out called a jedi you will be which is yoda teaching younglings how to be a jedi through his training session with luke on dagobah from the empire strikes back and you can huh. still pre-order that one, obviously. I already have my pre-order in because my niece is definitely getting a copy of that book. Yay! 
Uh, so Preeti's got a lot going on, obviously, but she was kind enough to, when I asked her if she would be willing to come on the show because Sharifa is on vacation, she said yes, and then we were talking about what we should talk about, and I'm so excited. We're going to talk about The Witcher. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> because Preeti is one of the reasons that I watched it, and I have now read the books that the show is mostly based on and watched all of season one, but I have not played the video games. And you, Preeti, what is your Witcher exposure? Uh, I watched the show with no information on what it was. I had no <laughs> idea. All I knew is that like Henry Cavill was in it and dirty and looked really hot. And so I was like, I want to watch this. And then I loved it. And then I played the entire video game, which I loved even more. And then I picked up the books. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So we're going to dig into all of the like how they compare and our favorite bits and thoughts and feelings about all of that uh, in just a bit. But first, but first, first, I will do another sponsor break and we will talk about some news. So our next sponsor is... A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by Jennifer L. Armentrout. The New York Times number one best-selling author, Jennifer Armentrout, whose name I just said, uh, she is back with the second installment in her crazy successful Blood and Ash series. If you haven't met Hawk and Poppy yet, definitely check out the first book from Blood and Ash. And if you are one of the thousands who have gone crazy over that story, A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire is here. Uh, the way the publisher likes to describe this series is, if you love forbidden romance, this series is for you. If you love snark, this series is for you. If you love action and intrigue, edge of your seat moments, and being caught off guard by what you're reading, this series is for you. And if you've been missing vampires in your life, this series is for you. So there's a lot going on there. All sound very enjoyable and fun. Uh, so yeah, this is the second book in the Blood and Ash series, A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. And you can also read the first one if you need to catch up. And that is from Blood and Ash. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit of news. Uh, before we do that, I want a quick shout out to the folks who have been writing in in between shows. Thank you so much to Mary, Star, and Bonnie for your feedback on recent episodes, for the Raylo fanfic and the Snow White in Space recommendations. Love it all. Keep it coming. Uh, Preeti, I've been talking for a minute. So what do you want? What news thing do you want to talk about first? Uh, do, the, the thing that I am like most excited about, <laughs> which is that Baby Yoda is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> what? The tell Mandalorian. The, tell, yay! The Mandalorian returns uh, in October, which is honestly I'd kind of given up on <laughs> good things. Oh. <laughs> and so I can't imagine psyched. why you would feel that way. I kind mean, of, I mean, it's just you know, no reason. Nothing's happening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, The Mandalorian's coming back, coming back um, not too long from now, and I love the first season so, so much. I, I just, I feel like they were, they really understand what works about kind of longer form storytelling in the Star Wars universe in a really exciting way that I've only ever seen done in the animated series, so it was, it was interesting to see it come to live action. 
And not just because of Baby Yoda, even though Baby Yoda is the best thing that's happened to me in like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited to see where it goes now that we know and have seen... Oh, well, well, you haven't you haven't finished first season, so I don't want to say anything. Yeah, I was just gonna say you're making me want to give it a second chance. I got really bogged down by what I feel like was some poor choices about storytelling. Like the first, I think we got to episode five, and I was like, every single freaking episode, it's like this thing is impossible. We'll never do it, and then like they do it, and it's actually not that hard. And I got so annoyed by the repetition of like, we'll never be able to take it down. Oh, what if we like dig a hole in the ground or like hide behind this rock? Look, we did it. Like I don't know. I just was not in the right mood. I guess. Yeah, because to me, what's so great about it is just the story of regardless of the like content and the the kind of like. Um, plotting of each individual episode it's the growth of the mandalorian and his relationship with the child Mm. is what i love so much and how that is influenced by mandalorian culture and this notion of um how he was the, the kind of paralleling of his experience of being saved by this culture and then in turn having this child that he is now responsible for and having to save like there's something very kind of like found family about it Mm. that I love and I I love found family and also um Cara Dune I'm very excited about existing Mm. and so the the last episode is really exciting and I'm trying to be very vague because there's like (laughs) there's like a really big bomb drop at the end of the episode the other side of it though is that this is much of what is hard with Star Wars is like I love it because I'm in it like I've right. seen every episode of Clone Wars every episode of Rebels multiple times I've read I've read like comics and I've re- read some of the books and like what this is what this like mass storytelling and mass media happens is like can you you're not going to get every level without having a backstory and that's that's a difficult thing. That mm. said, I do I do know people who have enjoyed The Mandalorian who don't know this other stuff just sheer from like whether it's the look, the music, which I think is amazing, the the performances by Pablo and or sorry, not Pablo, um Pablo Hidalgo works at Star Wars, uh, by Pedro Pascal uh, and um everyone else on the show or what whatever it is, but it is there's a depth to it you get when you have a back a knowledge a knowledge base yeah and i i'm accepting of that i mean i you know you know i've i've seen all of the movies and i have read a couple of the books and seen like a couple episodes of a couple cartoons uh so i'm not in it as deep i i it was really just the monster of the week setups that were killing me i loved obviously like who doesn't love baby yoda (laughs) and the relationship had promise but there was so much time spent on these like just like i said like the monster of the week kind of thing so anyway i we can move on but i will i will give it another chance because you know (laughs) You are so enthusiastic. It's your superpower. It's hard to resist. <laughs> like, it's so good. Just watch it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I know who to blame if I got mad about it again. How about that? <laughs> um, okay, here's a piece of news that I'm hopeful about. I don't want to be, like, too excited because sometimes I get let down by these initiatives. But uh, Marvel is doing an Indigenous Heroes and 
with Indigenous Creators series. Um, it's Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices. Number one is the uh, thing that we're looking at in this Tor.com piece. And they are, they have hired a bunch of like really amazing writers, a lot of whom we've talked about on the show before. Um, Darcy Little Badger is involved. Stephen Graham Jones, who's amazing. Rebecca Roanhorse, who's written a bunch for Star Wars as well. There's some really fantastic authors involved. And uh, the team, like behind the scenes, I think also involves um, First Nations artists. And it seems like, it seems to me like this is potentially moving in a good direction. So ho- I'm hopeful about that one. Yeah, I think that the, there is, there's a movement for this, which is really nice. And I think I like Marvel voices a lot. I know a lot of the people who work on it and who are very, very passionate about the work they do and the, the need for this sort of thing to exist. You know, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those those are going to start coming out in. Well, let's see. I guess I guess the first is it already out? Oh, I I misread this. I thought it was coming next February. So February. Apparently the first issue is already out Um, and we will see more in the fall. So I guess it's fall now. I guess we'll see more soon. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know what time is anymore. (laughs) That was a really fun journey. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Sorry. I prepped for this show. I swear to God. No, I love it. (laughs) Anyway, look at the link in the show notes and you can find out more. Aside from my ramblings about how time works. Okay, let's see. Uh, oh, so Preeti, let's talk about the Wheel of Time casting for a moment, shall we? I just, like, I get, I don't, man, I know enthusiasm is, like, my superpower, but, like, superpower, but, like, with Wheel of Time, I feel like I get too excited. <laughs> it's like you can't make words after a little while. Seriously! <laughs> should, should we pause and give, like, a little bit of our connected backstory yes. on Wheel of Time? Yes, yes. So... Starting way, 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 way back when I don't even know what year, before Jen and I were proper friends. We had met each other, but we were not friends, which is so strange to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Jen on Twitter made a joke about a Wheel of Time, some Wheel of Time joke, and I replied to it. And then you invited me to come hang out with you at a book release party for not the last book, but the second to last yeah, book. Yeah, that's I- right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then we decided, we, we became very good friends. And as we were leading up to the release of the last book, we decided to do a reread of the series for Book Riot, which I think you can still find on the site under the tag, What the What? Yes, I'll drop a link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Some amazing pieces came out of this reread. The, okay, let's, let's be real. The best piece in that whole series was your piece on the horses of the Wheel of Time, which, for the record, includes drawings by Preeti herself. <laughs> it is quality I... content. Because <laughs> here's the thing, is for the first ten books, I think, right? Yeah. We did recap. We read through recaps. Yes. Like, we didn't read the full books because... Who has the time so... for that? It's who, just Who not. has that time? No. no one has that kind of time. Well, I guess now we have that kind of time. But, then, but then, then we did not have that kind of time. So we read the recaps, and the recaps were so interesting because they made it a point to 
like link every single horse name. Like right. every single horse had its own page and like told you like who it was, who it was owned by, when it died, like whatever. And I at first was like so annoyed by it because <laughs> I don't care about horses. I just I just don't. I'm not I whatever. And <laughs> Then I found myself being, like, very interested in all the horses. <laughs> and so the horses of Wheel of Time was born. Yeah. So, okay, so let's fast forward to the announcement that they were going to make it into a show. And we were Ooh. like, uh, are we excited? We're maybe excited. We're and a little stressed. We're a little stressed. And then they started dropping casting okay. choices. Okay, like, can I just, when I, I will say that when I was truly, truly, like, Lord and became too excited was when Daniel Henney got cast as Lan. Like, Ugh. like I Daniel Henney is an actor who I think deserves the world. Mm. <laughs> he is mm-hmm. great. I have been watching him and stuff for like over a decade. I feel like who knows what time is, but I am so psyched they brought Daniel Henney in to be Lan. Like, I cannot even begin to tell you. I. I agree. And also, in the more recent spate of news, they have cast Sophie Okonedo as Swan, which is like, <gasps> I, like, I, she's Cleopatra from, you know, like the London stage. She's an amazing actress of color. And I, like, can't even handle that she's going to be one of the most powerful women. And, like, she's perfect for it. But, like, did I think they would cast. Her? No, I didn't think so. But there, I mean, and she's not the only, like, uh, there's so many amazing choices. So we're going to link to a tweet. You can see some of the most recent, very exciting options. Just very quickly, there's going to be an Indian Aes Sedai. Yes. Like, Priyanka Bose got cast as an Aes Sedai. And, like, never in a million years. Like, we don't get to be in these things. And so I'm so excited to see that. And she's a killer role. Like, that Alana is a is a great role. It's a good role. Yeah. It's not like some write-off character. Like, she's essential to the plot. It's just, it is, it's so, I mean, you know, I hate that this is an Amazon property. Y'all know my feelings about Amazon. But I like, I sure as hell am going to be watching it, so. It's such uh, a bummer. Yeah, you know, I just, I'm giving up. I'm just officially giving up on it. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. <laughs> Preach, friend. Preach. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, right. So our last news link is extremely related to today's topic. It is that the there's going to be so, okay, there's actually like a bunch of weird Witcher spinoff things happening. Um, One of which is that there's going to be a prequel series uh, that's animated. And I have seen multiple references to it as, like, anime style. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that could just be rumors and lies, but no, it does. I think Netflix is referring to it as, you know. Anyway, regardless, uh, it is going to be set 1,200 years before the main series. Um, And no, wait, I'm mixing it up. This is the part of the problem. There's too many things going on. There's an (laughs) animated movie, and then there's another prequel. So, like, there's a live-action six-part mini spinoff series, and then there's the animated anime movie. It's a lot. There's a lot going on with The Witcher, basically, is what I'm saying here. Um, You can read the link in the show notes. 
that has more details about it. But like the upshot is there will be, I mean, I guess assuming they can safely resume filming a lot more Witcher content coming along with season two. So that's happening. And isn't Jason Momoa types? Yeah. So rumored. There rumored. Have, yes, there have been rumors that Jason Momoa may be involved in the prequel series. Now, that is deceptive language because both of these spinoffs are prequels. So it's confusing to me as to whether or not he's been considering for the live action versus the anime. But regardless, I feel like Jason Momoa, if anybody can stand there and say, like it's Jason Momoa, right? Yeah, like this does sort of feel tailor-made to have a role for Jason Momoa in it. It really does. It feels correct. That feels correct to me. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh that's that's potentially happening. So, we'll talk more about these various Witcher spin-offs uh in just a moment, but first let us do our next sponsor. Which is Ink and Sigil by Kevin Hearn from publisher Delray. And this is about Al McVarish, who can cast spells with enchanted ink. And he uses his gifts to protect our world from the Fae, like you do. Uh, But anyone who hears his voice starts to feel an, an inexplicable hatred for Al. So he only communicates through writing, and in the meantime, his apprentices keep dying in freak accidents. When his latest apprentice, Gordy, turns up dead in Glasgow, Al discovers evidence that Jordy was living a secret life, so now Al must play detective. His investigation will take him through Scotland's magical underworld, and he'll need the help of a mischievous hobgoblin if he's to survive. So that is Ink and Sigil by Kevin Hearn, available wherever books are sold. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. All right. So, okay, before we get too deep in the weeds here, haha, too late. Uh, I feel like I feel like we should do a Witcher 101. For those who like have not read the books, you haven't seen the show, you haven't played the games like you're aware of it, but what is I'm this Witcher thing? So sorry for the conversation you're about to endure. <laughs> I they they kind of know what they've signed up for. <laughs> I have to, I have to say this is not our first rodeo. <laughs> Oh, we so appreciate y'all's forbearance. Yes. Um, uh. <laughs> all right. So, so it's what it's a it's a it's a medieval fantasy, like European inspired medieval fantasy. Well, it's yeah. I guess it's technically Russian, but it it involves a lot of different European mythologies. Yes, it's it's there are. I mean, you. I guess the it's so hard because like <laughs> I went. <laughs> I didn't. Wow. Okay. So I went into the show like not knowing anything about it, which was pretty fun, um, though very confusing. (laughs) But it is it's definitely very European slash Russian inspired. Um, There are kingdoms Mm -hmm. that exist and those kingdoms all have their own political interests. There is in the show some kind of uh, conflict brewing. And then there are all these factions of races. So you have, like, 
witches and ma- mages, wizards, whatever. I've been playing a lot of D and D, so I'm missing. I'm like mixing my <laughs> mixing up my terminology. There, there's sorcerers and sorceresses oh, right. in Thank in you. the Witcher world. Uh, <laughs> and and we yeah right we got the elves. We've got there are elves. There are like I'm pretty sure there are there are dwarves. There are there are monsters. There are plenty of monsters. Mm-hmm. There are like dragons and and all these various kinds of like beasts. Uh, and then there are witchers who are fairly maligned in society, but they are basically like bounty hunters for beasts. Like they kill monsters. That's their whole thing. And they train very intensely and they have to go through some like horrible process that many people die doing that ha- that does something to their body so that they're no longer human entirely. Yeah, they get called mutant a lot. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's I feel like that's a pretty good. Oh, and so our main character, right, as you might guess from the title is a witcher. All right, so Geralt of Rivia is our main character for the most part. We also have Yennefer, who is a sorceress. And then depending on if you are looking at the books slash games, I guess, or the show, we have a bard. And yes. in the books slash games, his name is Dandelion. And in the show, his name is Yaskir for reasons I that are unknown to me. Well, it's, it's uh, translated into flower, I think. I'm pretty sure. Sure. Buttercup. I was like, it means something. <laughs> it means in Polish, Jaskier, Jaskier, however you say it, means buttercup. That's funny. I like that actually better than Dandelion. I kind of Agreed. wish his name was Buttercup in the book. Okay, so... 100% agree. And, like, the Witcher, our Witcher, Geralt, is extremely grumpy. Uh, <laughs> and Well, it's actually interesting. This is one of, one of the things that I noticed between the book and the show is that he is grumpier in the show. That he, like, he actually uses his words in the books quite regularly. Like, he says full sentences... In a row, more than once in the books, <laughs> which you don't really get from the show. But regardless, he's pretty grumpy across the board. And uh, the bard is his sort of like, you know, very um, garrulous sidekick who's constantly poking and prodding him into doing things he doesn't want to do and getting in and out of trouble, et cetera, et cetera. The show will give you the earworm of your life. So, yep. you know, it's apologies the best ever. in advance. <laughs> Um, and so I watched the show like back in the early days of the pandemic, in part because I was looking for something to distract myself with. And I knew that you loved it, Preeti. But also my friend Feliza was like, OK, so listen, if you're going to watch it, just like expect it not to make sense. Just like don't yeah. just don't care that it's not going to make sense. And I was like, OK. And it was weird because I had been seeing a lot of like discourse on the Internet about how amazing The Witcher is. And I started watching it and I was just like, OK, a, this it's true. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> because of the they've gone with a nonlinear time structure. So it's very hard to tell when certain things are happening and how they line up. And also... Like, I think the phrase trash fantasy is the correct phrase here. Am I right? Yeah. No, I agree. That's exactly how I was describing it. I'm like, it's garbage fantasy. It's like (laughs) not it. it, But that's what I love about it is that there's no sense of like, like importance or grandeur around it. Like there's no idea of like you are. This is a classic. You are telling some kind of like 
important indelible story or or like allegory about society like it doesn't feel like that it's just like it's just like fun garbage fantasy yeah and the less seriously i took it the more i enjoyed it <laughs> yes so so that's like if you're thinking about starting anywhere in here that's my that is my number one advice to you is like the less seriously you take it the more you're going to enjoy it because it is garbage fantasy, and it has some problems. <laughs> it does. I mean, what doesn't? But well, like, yes, totally. It, it does, and they're they're worth they're worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get too deep into it, but for example, um, and particularly in the show, this was this was differently handled in the books, but this, and in the game, and like in this, the game. they okay. they invented this particular thing for the show, I believe. Well, so so Yennefer, uh, who is a sorceress, is born uh, a hunchback, um, and she has some physical disabilities, and she's sold basically to the sorcerers, um, and and in the show, she undergoes. This like excruciatingly awful series of trials and abuse from other people and then, you know, subjects herself to basically self-harm in order to get her magic. And it is handled. I mean, in the book, she is also like it is noted that she was uh, she was born a hunchback and she is no longer one. But in the book, it's just kind of like, yeah, you know magic as you learn it like you it it changes you to match what people expect a magic user to look like like that's how it's like one sentence in the book yeah um, and and in the show it's it's really kind of un. I mean I thought it was unnecessarily weird uh, and I'm linking to a piece on io9 that I thought did a good job of unpacking a lot of that stuff yeah, I, I think we can let the, the piece speak to it because it's just, it was very, it was a moment in the show that you're like, this is, this was not handled well. Yeah. So, you know, go, and also the sexual politics of this show and the books are just like, oh, a lot God. happening. Uh, it's like all of the women are too young and, you know, there's a lot of very antiquated attitudes about sex and gender and you're just like, oh my God. But again, garbage, trash, you know, medieval fantasy, like that's, that is the vibe. Um, so Preeti, talk to us a little bit about the games. I really, really loved the game. I think the game is my favorite piece of media coming out of this stuff um because one it was it was on sale which i appreciated and that it was on sale for like 15 dollars, like the entire thing like the the game plus two dlcs um and i got three months straight three three and a half months straight of gameplay out of it which is (laughs) incredible and so one thing was just how much there was in the game and then second Geralt, I really like Geralt in the game. He is, he is very, he's still very grumpy, but he's like kind of like, you, you get to decide what kind of character he is. Like your decisions in the game matter and will change and impact what the game storyline is. But the option I had, and I, I appreciate this being an option, and the, the way I played him was it like a very dopey, gruff, like guy who's just in love, like desperately in love. <laughs> And so he's, like, kind of silly and funny and, like, very, very, very funny in in terms of, like, how he interacts with people. And and Yennefer in the game I also like a lot more because she feels much much less reactive 
Mm. She's a very, very strong presence in the game, and she feels much more uh, equal to Geralt in terms, and often, like, ahead of Geralt in terms of being like, I know stuff you don't. I'm smarter than you. Um, You messed up, and we have to talk about it. So I really enjoyed their story in the game because it felt much... It just felt much more equal to me than the show. As much as I love uh, Anya Chalotra, who plays her in the show, because, again, like, they see representation. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game, it just they just feel much more on equal footing. And, uh, and at times, like, Geralt is the one who feels out of his depth with her versus the other way around. And I just, I really, really appreciated that aspect of it and of course like every there's so many stories happening in the game it's just so involved and such a depth of like narrative to it that you want to live in this world yeah it is it is a huge world building uh thing the 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 world that uh andres sapkowski has created um he's the author of the books originally and i think has been pretty involved in all of the different manifestations of the books um and i you know it's interesting i do think i mean i've complained about this to you before the way the show sets up that relationship i did not find compelling um and it was interesting reading so I, I watched the show first and then i read the last wish and sort of destiny which are two short story collections yeah which is also why the plot of the show makes no sense is because they are pulling from these like sort of almost they're not exactly random but they're kind of random short stories in the Witcherverse and pushing them together into like you know this sort of puzzle piece narrative. And there is a Netflix timeline that like shows you that in fact, and this was not clear in the show, that Yennefer is as old as Geralt, even though she looks younger than him. Um, and like that they are on very equal footing in terms of their life experience. Again, you cannot tell that from the show unless you have access to this timeline that the Netflix eventually caved and made because people were like WTF. Well, it's very confusing, right? It's very like the first time when I watched it I was like I do not understand what's going on no, no. but I'm just enjoying the actors in their roles so yes. I'll keep going yes that is really what it's about and I, I think you know now having read the stories that it's based on like they also jump around in time and space yeah. which is you know how we ended up with the show that we ended up with um, but the the books the books does a much better job of threading through and giving you like signposts and timestamps that you just don't get in the show. And this is my major criticism is that like if you need a really elaborate timeline because people can't follow your show, you've done it wrong. <laughs> like you have done it wrong. Uh, I mean, there were ways they could have done it. I'm just saying there are ways to do that so that no, people I know. can follow. I, it's just I don't know if it's because I read so many comics. And so this is a part of like I'm a little bit more forgiving of dropping into something and not necessarily totally getting it but enjoying it anyway because I didn't I didn't like look up a timeline or anything when I was done I was like that was fun now I'm gonna play the game <laughs> like I didn't do any of it I was just like I really enjoyed that you know like by the end of it I totally I like kind of understood what's going on and what's interesting is the game narrative is actually much more linear really like 
Yeah, like, it starts off, and it does drop you off in the action a bit. Like, you're looking for Yennefer. Yennefer is, uh, like, in the beginning of the game, that's what you're doing. You're trying to find her because of um, something has happened. Mm. And the game truly starts after you find her, and you guys have a conversation um, about, you learn a little bit about Siri, who we haven't mentioned at all, but, like, Siri, who is in the show... There's a very different relationship because we haven't really seen the relationship between Siri and Geralt grow. But in the game, Siri was essentially your ward at um, I can't remember the name of the like fort or whatever where the Witchers are from, but there and she grew up with you and you trained her and taught her and she's missing. And most of the game is you following the trail of Siri and trying to find Siri is like kind of the first half of the game. And then the second half is kind of figuring out where Siri fits with this, like, uh, force or whatever that is looking for her because of specific attributes she has. So there's a very linear story to the game that didn't exist in the books or in the show, which I found to be very fascinating. Well, I think I think that story that story does exist in the books. It just happens after. all over the place. I, I mean, well, like, no, no, no. I mean it. it once you get past the last wish and oh, the sort yeah, of yeah, destiny yeah, 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 yeah. and you get to like blood of elves and like et cetera, et cetera, um, it gets more linear and 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 you do get, you know, Geralt and Siri forming their bond. And so Siri is a princess like let's backtrack a little bit. Siri is a princess uh, whose family all die under various like violent circumstances. And she is connected to Geralt because he helped save her father and like unite her father with her mother in this like weird adventure that we see in season one. Um, and as recompense, he claims this law of surprise that for, uh, I have like, boy, do I have a bone to pick with the showrunners about this too, because the book really, again, threading makes the law of surprise so integral to Geralt. And like, you understand why he would invoke this. Whereas in the yes. show, you're just like, what is he doing? But anyway, the law of surprise says that like, like, you know, let's say like I have, you know, he, Gerald has rescued this knight and he says, OK, the thing that you don't know you have, but you have it, you have to give that to me. And like, surprise, it was a baby. Like, you know, the the other the woman was pregnant. And so now like Gerald basically has a claim on the child. It's very Rumpelstiltskin. Um, and in the book, you he does it because he knows that like the witchers are a dying breed and he wants a legacy and he's hoping that it will be a baby that he can then like take under his wing and like pass down his calling to because also being a witcher means a lot to Geralt like mm -hmm. it really does and I I feel like you see some of that in the show but you definitely don't see him very intentionally wanting a baby out of this which he does in the book like he has guessed that there's a pregnancy and he's doing this very deliberately um and and then he has mixed feelings about it afterwards but his motivation is super clear in the books and it is not in the show and I know in the like, show it feels very much where he's just like pushed into a corner yeah. and just kind of like decides where he where you're like why would you say that yeah 
It doesn't make any sense in the in the show. So I, yeah, so I was I actually really loved that added dimension. I mean, a, a, in a lot of ways, the show does stick pretty close to the books, but I loved the added motivation dimensions that I got from the books. And I almost kind of feel like like will I watch season two? Like. Probably. Uh, I mean, it would be weird if I didn't at this point. Like, I've spent more time <laughs> talking and thinking about it. But but I actually do think I might continue to read the books when I need, like, a, like a candy sort of popcorn fantasy experience. Um, and I think I will enjoy the show that much more and also will like throw my popcorn at the show when it gets things wrong. Uh, because that's, you know, one of the delights of adaptations. <laughs> Yeah, and well what what I actually enjoy about this is I find that it kind of takes on that sort of thing about adaptations I like a lot, which is when they make it its own to an extent. Like I think mm. they were finding their footing in the first season. And I because they made a lot of changes from at least like there are a lot of differences between the game and the show and the books. Mm. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with those changes in the second season because it makes all three individually interesting to me. Yeah, that's very fair. I wish I liked fighting games more so that I could oh, play the it's game. So good. I just they're just not my bag, but yeah, I just know. do a watch through. Do like a YouTube watch through. <laughs> Have you made one? <laughs> oh god, no. No, I never want anyone to watch me play anything cuz I'm terrible. I just button mash until I beat the thing. And then move on to the story, which is the thing I really care about. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so let's see. So we are, we could talk about this for a really long time, but we will spare you. Um, some important links that I'm going to shout out and leave in the show notes for you. We have on Book Riot a very thorough reading guide to the books and the comics. There are comics also. We didn't even talk about the comics. Uh, we they, they exist and you can read them. Um, and we have a very thorough guide that gives you different reading order options and why you might choose one over the other. Um, I think one of my favorite things to have come out of this was you starting to send me like fan art and super <laughs> cuts and whatnot from, yes. from The Witcher. So I'm including a super cut in the link of uh, Geralt, but only when he says, hmm. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. <laughs> It made me laugh so hard. I was like crying earlier today when I was prepping for this. Uh, what else? Oh, there's some good fan art of uh, of Geralt and Yaskier or Dandelion. Uh, pick your pick your bard name. Um, and it's true. I have seen more than one fan art wishing that that was like the central romance as opposed to. I mean, <laughs> they don't not lean into it. <laughs> Well, I feel they have like, a lot of chemistry. I feel like the actor who plays Yasker could have chemistry with like a wall. Like that's I very like true. He's he's very good. He's very good. He's very good. Okay, d talk to me. There are two documentaries happening, uh, Preeti. Do I, we need two different documentaries about uh, The Witcher? Discuss. I, I don't think so, but <laughs> I'm also like. Like, the only thing I really, like, sort of care about when it comes to behind-the-scenes stuff are bloopers. Right. <laughs> like, I don't really necessarily... But there are people who find that stuff really interesting. So, 
Maybe if you are about, like, uh, you want to know how the shows are. Oh, okay, no, that's not true. Because I will say there was an interview with one of the writers of the showrunners, I don't remember, um, that I read, like, months and months and months ago about naming in fantasy that I found to be very interesting mm. and, and their why certain names work and why certain names don't. And so maybe there's something there. I haven't watched the documentaries, but I imagine, I do think that these the the creators have interesting things to say about storytelling and fantasy. That's very fair. Um, I like while we have more time in our lives, I don't feel like I have time for that. <laughs> um, but they do exist if you are so uh, inspired. Well, so the, their short one is out as of now. Um, there's a lot of commentary from the showrunner, Lauren Schmidt-Hisrick, and then they are making like a full-fledged documentary uh, about the whole thing, apparently. And um, so, yeah, there's there's more where that came from. So I think, I guess this is one of the other arguments for if you have been on the fence and we haven't, like, scared you off slash convinced you. <laughs> if you need something that just goes on forever <laughs> in much the same way that, like, Wheel of Time sort of did, this is this is for you. Because there are a bunch of books. There's the comics, there's the shows, there's the video games. Like, there's so much content all in the same world. And that's not even getting into, like, I'm sure the fanfic is off the hook there's all kinds of extra oh yeah there's a lot of fan I will admit I did I was like I need thick <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff out there <laughs> so yeah so you if you just are looking to like fall down a giant fantasy rabbit hole like this will allow you to do so I don't know if we've sold it or not I have no idea <laughs> I don't know it's so hard because basically the selling point is like do you want just a really fun fantasy series that you don't have to think too hard about? Right, but we just spent like 25 minutes thinking too hard about but it. But you, that's because fine. You, can, you can if you want. Like, it could also just be like, I want to watch Henry Cavill grunt his way across the screen. <laughs> like, fine. Which he does with, with panache. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Well, I feel like that's where we're going to stop. <laughs> Sounds good. That seems good. Um, thank you so much, Preeti, for coming on the show and diving into this rabbit hole with me. Always. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you also to our sound editor who, boy, I like apologize, Dan, for all of the work you're going to have to do on this episode. Um, thank you so much to Dan for making us sound great each and every episode. Uh, let's see. Preeti, before we do our full closeout, where should people find you on the Internet, on podcasts, on bookshelves, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Run With Skizzers. That's S K I Z Z E R S. Um, I am often on SciFi.com writing about silly things, and you can pre-order or order all my books uh, at wherever books bookstores. No, wherever books are sold. We're so close to the end. You're, you're um, doing great. Or you can find them on my website at PreetiChibber.com. Uh, you can also find me on the podcast Basi Geek Girls with my co-host Swapna Krishna, where we talk about basically all the things we like, but through the obvious lens of being uh, South Asian feminists in this country. 
Awesome. So many great projects. All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening. If you have feedback, uh, ideas for future shows, whatever, you can shoot us an email at sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you feel like dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts, we super appreciate that. It does help other folks to find the show. And I am primarily on Instagram these days at IamJenIRL. That's I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you.